We're going to talk about the elephant in the room next week, but today I want to introduce and talk a little bit about the purpose of the family. The reason why there's a lot of elephants in houses is because people don't know why the purpose of the family is for. But I want to talk a little bit about the purpose of family, and then out of that, then we could launch out a process of how do we get rid of these things? How do we confront these things in our homes? And so, and I say that because it is clear when I turn on the television, watch the news, and it's clear and it's evident that there is a chaos in our world. There is a chaos in the world we live in. Particularly over the issue of family. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but 50% of every couple that gets married ends up in divorce. I'm not talking about only in the state of Florida. I'm not talking about only in the northeast sector of the globe. I'm talking about in the world, 50% of the people, of the couples that get married end up in divorce. And out of those 50% that get divorced, 85% of those get divorced in less than five years. If that's not chaos, then I don't know what chaos is. Um, and one, one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons why there's a chaos in family and marriages. One, this is one, is because men cannot be found. That's one. And so you can't sustain a community where men don't assume their role. And so consequently, here's what happens. Consequently, families don't know how to be family. They don't know. And the moment Family doesn't know how to be family. Society defines what family ought to be. And that's a problem. Because society did not establish family. God did. So if we are going to establish values and systems of marriage and family set in place by a decrepit society then it only makes sense why there's chaos in family. And so, because the world has rejected God from family is the reason why we are in the mess we are in. But the crazy thing is, that who established family was not society. It was God. And so the only way family can work is if family operates under God's structure. I'll take my time. Okay, I got to rush. Because he is the manufacturer of family. God made family. Not society. Not democracy. Not government. God did. And the only one who knows how to make it work is God. Because he fabricated family. Right now, here I have I have a manual here of 
2016 Kia Sorento. That ain't mine. Okay. My car's a 2009. Pray for me. 2016 Kia Sorento. And what this book literally is, this is the mind of the manufacturer that made Kia Sorento. So if you were to go to the dealership and buy this car, and you open the glove compartment in the car, you're gonna come across this book, which, how many of you guys ever bought a brand new car? Raise your hand. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all never read this. You was caught up with the smell of the car, and the light of the car, and the sound system in the car, and the rims in the car. You never read the book. So what happens is, what this manual does, it informs you how to operate your car should you have a problem with your vehicle. You don't go by the manual and you don't take care of your car and your car breaks down. You can't show up to the, to, the, to the dealership talk about, I want my money back. Because the first question he's going to ask you is, did you read? Well, I don't know why my engine light is on. Well, did you put oil in it? No. Why didn't you put oil in it? I didn't know. But did you read the manual? Because every 3,000 miles, you should have changed that sucker. So you cannot demand the manufacturer to give you a guarantee over something you did not read about. So, who made family? God made family. And not only did he make family, he wrote a manual called the Bible so that when you have issues in your family, you don't go to society, you don't go to government, you go to the book, because the book is gonna show you how you ought to work in your family. But we don't read the book. Matter of fact, we have this ghetto mentality. I ain't going to the dealer because they charge too much. I'm going to go to Juan Pancho from the corner who got a bootleg mechanic shop because he's going to do me. He's going to hook me up. He's going to hook you up. But there's no guarantee when that car breaks down again. If you go to the manufacturer, you might pay a little more, but promise you this, when it jacks up again, there's a guarantee in your vehicle. So, 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 the success of family stems out of man and family standing that God is the creator of family. Because it was God who established family. Look what Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 reads, says, and I read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image <clears throat> according to our likeness and let them you notice them is in plural. Okay, let me, let me read it again. We, 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 got, we got to read it again. Then God said, let us make, somebody say man. Is it there? See, see man up there? Let, let me preach. Let's make man in our image and likeness. But then he says, and let them Why would God say, let them plural, instead of let him, singular? Because he said, let us make man out of our own image and out of our own likeness. And then he says, and let them have dominion over, check this out, fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle over all the earth, 
and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created, now it goes back to singular, make up your mind, him. But then he tells us who man is. Male and female, he created them. Let me explain. There you go. Let me, let me explain. God says, let us make man in our image and likeness, and let them have dominion. When God made man, and when you read in the Bible that God says man, God is not refer referring to sex, male species. Because man is not a male. Man is the genre or the species. Look what he says. And God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And look what he says. So that this man or this species could be in charge of fish of the sea which the word fish is a species. Then he says, over the birds of the air, and the word bird is not a specific parrot, it is the species of the air. Over every cattle that walks on the earth, he's, there he's talking about the lion, he's talking about the orangutan, he's talking about the chimpanzee. In other words, when God is starting this thing, he's thinking about species. So when God says, let us make man, He's not thinking about Adam. And look what he says. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image and likeness. In the image of God created him. And then he says what man is composed of. Male and female. So every woman in this room is a man. Please, please, please. I don't, I don't want you coming next week with Timberlands. Like about yeah, Pastor. <laughs> because man, it has nothing to do with gender. Man has to do with species. And God says, I want of of, of the species air. Uh, species bird, species cattle, species fish, species man. The, the species I'm going to put my image and likeness in is the one I'm calling man. So God made this institution called family. He made it. And then he made man so that man could represent on earth, what God is in heaven. He is a creator of family, and therefore, he is the one who sets the standard whereby family should stand, not society. God establishes the standard. So he says, let us make God, let us make man in our image and likeness. Now, why would God say that? Because God is a triune God. God is just like man represents a species, male and female. God, and I've told you this three weeks ago, is the title of who he is. He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One, two, three is God. So when God is making man... He's making man like he is. Now, how could you make man like someone you, that don't have a body? Because God is spirit. So when God says, I want God to look, I want man to look like me, he's not talking about facial ex expressions or facial hair. He's not talking about, he's not talking about DNA. He's talking about his character, his function, and his position. 
So when he says, I want to make man to look like me, the question is, what does God look like? But when he made us, he made us like God. Just like God is three in one, we're a soul, body, and spirit. And then when he makes family, family is composed of husband, wife, and children. So that every time God saw family, he saw himself. God made family in his likeness. He created man in his own image. And let me tell you this. When God says he created man in his image, that means that the glory of the family is to mirror the image of God. When God made family, he made family. So that when he saw family, he saw himself. It's like when you buy a mirror. How many of you guys got mirrors in your house, right? Right? Girls got man mirrors everywhere. You, you know, they got mirrors. That, and, and the reason why you buy a mirror, because the mirror is always going to show you what you look like. Mirror don't lie to you. You know, hey, how do I look? Oh, you look okay. Jesus. <laughs> no, she don't. Now, a mirror won't do that to you. A mirror's going to tell you, you got three pimples and two coats. You know, a mirror don't lie. A mirror's going to tell you exactly what you got. And so, and, so, and so when God made us, he made us. From God's perspective, he made us so that when he saw us, it was as if he was watching through a mirror himself. So he made you so that he can see himself through you. Have you guys ever been to these uh, mirror houses? You been to the mirror houses? You go in this mirror house and some mirrors, they make you look fat. Some, they make you look skinny. Others, they make your face look distorted. And some, it's just crazy. And, 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 and this is what society is doing because since society does not know the purpose of family, society gives you an image of what marriage ought to be. So today, since what's in style now is that you can be in a marriage and be unfaithful and nobody knows it because all these reality TVs play that game. So you can live that life. What happens is when that gets out of style, then you can have, you can have polygamy in marriage. And when that's out of style, then you can have um, uh, uh, lesbianism in marriage and homosexuality in marriage. And you are going with the image of the society that is decrepit and perturbed and intoxicated but I'm here to encourage you today that if you want your family to be right you gotta stop doing by what society says and go back to the manual and find out what God wants your family to be so that when God looks at your home in your marriage he doesn't see um, the Kardashians he doesn't see JLo he sees the image of God through your family Listen to me. He says, I want to make man to look like me. When I say man, I'm not thinking about a male. I'm, th I'm thinking about the species. I want to make man to look like me. So the goal of family is to be a visible photograph of God. Now listen to me. The question I ask you have to ask yourself is why did God create family why family why the concept of family he gives us the answer in verse 26 thank you sir in verse 26 he says part b he says let us make man in our image check this out And let them rule. Family was created to have dominion. Family was created to rule. The goal of God for family was dominion. What am I telling you, church? That the goal of your family uh, and of your marriage is not happiness. God didn't make marriage for it to be a happy one. The goal of marriage was never happiness. Happiness is the benefit 
of a godly marriage. That's why you're married, and three years later, you get divorced because you're not happy. But happy was not the reason for marriage. For happiness is the result. I know, Pastor, you know, it's been three years. I've been trying. I've been trying to do this, man. I, I'm trying to do this, you know. I'm taking out to eat. I'm giving her, you know, I'm, I'm buying her fingernails, and I'm doing her up there, and it ain't working. But the problem is you entered into marriage in a lie thinking that marriage was, and they live happily ever after. The goal of marriage, a family, is not your happiness. And that's the problem with many couples today in America getting divorced because you're not happy. Happiness is a benefit of family, but it's not the goal of family. And what we've done is we've turned the benefit of family We've turned it into the goal of family, and we have, we have forgotten the purpose of family, which is why we have, and we have, and we have, and we still have nothing. So what's the purpose of family? He said, let them rule. Another way to see this is God's purpose for the family is to rule and have dominion. So God wants history to operate under God's rule so that what? So that he can then establish a system in place and family that represents God's image on the planet. What, what, Pastor, what are you trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. When God made family, he made family to rule over the earth, over species, over creeping things. And in doing that, Reflecting the image of God, man is supposed to be happy. When the institution called fails to do that purpose, then culture becomes in control of family. And that's the reason why we are in the chaos we are in today. Because society is defining what family ought to be. And there's not enough money in this world to fix the mess we're in, y'all. Let me tell you. Yeah, uh, you watch. I'm going to get another raise. My family's going to be happy. Man, you can make a million dollars. I know people that have houses, boats, yachts, cars, potatoes, tomatoes, greens, peas. <laughs> And they're still in a mess. Because God says, I created family. Check this out. God created family so that God can rule through us over the earth. I'm going to say that again. God created family so that he could be in dominion of the earth through you. So that when he sees himself through you, he says, I'm all over the earth. When he sees his image in family, he says, I don't need to go to earth. Earth is filled with my glory. So wherever they are, they're in control. And wherever they're in control, I'm in control. So I'm happy. You're happy. Let's be happy. God bless them. And then he says, be fruitful. And when he says, be fruitful and multiply, he's not talking about having kids that look like you and look like me. When God says, be fruitful and multiply, what he's telling them is, I want you to start having kids that keep reflecting my glory through them. So that, so that when your kids get married and they leave your house and they move to Texas, in Texas, I got a child that has my glory. And when he has a grandson and he moves to Afghanistan, in Afghanistan, I got somebody. That, when God says, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, he doesn't say, fill it up with kids that are jacked up like you. No, fill it up with kids that wherever they go, my glory can fill the earth. So that through us, God can have dominion. 
So God wants history to operate under God's rule. And this is the reason why he made the institution called family. And when the institution of family fails to do its purpose, culture will take over and rule. But the thing is, society should not take over family, never. Because family precedes society. There's no society had there been family. So family is the undergird that establishes society. But if a family disregards God and rejects God and rejects the word and rejects godly principles, society will continue to evolve, but it will evolve in an atheistic, anti-God, Gnosticistic, anti-religion way. And the consequence of that is depravity. It is alienation from God. And consequently, we live in the world that we live in today where everything is morally acceptable. Everything is so Socially acceptable, but that doesn't make it biblically. We got to go back to what the Bible says and start radiating an image that manifests the glory of God so that the earth can be filled with his glory. Let me take my time. I don't care if you get mad at me. Let me take my time. Be, multi- be fruitful and multiply so that as your kids spread, the image of God spreads throughout the earth in other words he says i want to relocate my image through you and your offspring i want to relocate my image and to do that i need a system in place called family now what did god do let me tell you what he do what he did and how he did it in genesis chapter 2 we realize and we notice that Genesis chapter 2 is literally the explanation of Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, God's going to tell you what he did. In Genesis chapter 2, he's going to tell you why he did it. Because everything that God does, he does with purpose. Somebody say amen. And so it is the how of chapter 2 that explains the what of chapter 1 that changes everything about family. So whether you're single or married, listen to me, this applies to you too. Because by the way, marriage didn't kick into chapter 3. So Adam and Eve started out family being single. Can I get an amen? Many entered in marriage dysfunctional and jacked up before they got married. And they said, you know what? You know, when I get married, he's all going to, I know he's a player, but when I get married to him, I'm going to tear him up from the flow up, and he ain't going to think about no other girl but me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know she's a leech, and she's just wanting people for money, but when I marry her, I'm going to change her. I'm, yeah, I got her. You watch, you watch. But the problem is, you're jacked up. And she's jacked up. And a jacked up person can't help a jacked up person. And many entered into dysfunctional families and consequently jacked up singles create jacked up marriages and jacked up marriages create jacked up children. Why are you like that? I came out just like you, bruh. There's a dysfunction in people. And they think that getting married is a solution to get rid of the dysfunction. No, the solution to your dysfunction is going back to the God who made you and living a life that honors God. Throughout chapter 1, we see what God did. Chapter 2, we see why he did it. And it's interesting that when you read chapter 2 of Genesis, you're going to find this phrase, the Lord God, on multiple occasions. Chapter 2, verse 7, it says, and the Lord God formed man out of dust of the earth. There it goes. Verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Verse 15, 
The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. Verse 16, and the Lord commanded Adam. Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Verse 19, out of the ground the Lord God formed. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Before Adam had Eve, Adam had a relationship with the Lord God. Before he entered into a marriage, he had a relationship with the Lord God. Because up until this point, Adam is single. There's no woman created for Adam. There's no female to distract him. Girls, yeah, yeah, girls. Y'all know how to distract us men. Listen, listen. I met my wife in a full-blown Pentecostal Raja Tabla concert. <laughs> I'm talking about Pentecostal, old school, fire, brimstone concert. And they had a white bird flying all over the church talking about Holy Ghost and fire. And I got, when I saw that little thing over there in the corner somewhere, with her little high heels and click, 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 click. Clack, clack. And her belt, she had belts that matched the shoes. Remember that, baby? And the little bow right here, and the got almighty. And, and she walked in the church, you know, like this. <clears throat> a little heel game. I forgot about the bird. I forgot about the Pentecost. I forgot about the fire. I got so distracted by that thing over there. Because women have a gift of distraction. A woman could look at you, man, and don't have to say a word. She just wink at you like this. See, we, we wink like, girls. And in your mind, you see those eyelashes going like this to you. Everything was good until Eve showed up. Adam was chilling. I'm, I'm sorry. Adam was doing good. Now, what was Adam doing all the time he was without Eve? Which, by the way, Eve was always with Adam because she was in his rib. But I'll preach that another day. That's, that's it. What was Adam doing? What was God doing with Adam until Eve showed up? Let me tell you what he was doing. God makes him a place to live. Not only did God give him a place to live, God gave him an address. Adam lived in one Eden Boulevard. God gave him a house. This is all before Eve showed up with little heels talking about, hey Adam, what's up boo? Before, before, before that, Adam had a place to live, a roof over his head, Please don't fall in love with him because he has a car. Or oh, look at his rims and his sound system. <laughs> look, he got the new Jordans and he got the new, the new Kobe, LeBron, and James and all that. Forget him. Man, 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 man. He had a house. He had a place to live, and he had work. God did not give Adam Eve until he had work. 
first. Not where we can't wait, 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 wait. Now, now, work is not what we do nine to five. What we do nine to five is jobs. I have a job, you got a job, you got a job, you got. God didn't give Adam a job. God gave Adam work. There's a big difference between work and job. Job is you do 40 hours, right? 12 hours an hour. At the end of the day of the week, they're gonna remunerate your work labor and you're gonna get a paycheck. That's a job. Or employment. That's why when you lose your job, you get unemployment. You don't get unwork. You get unemployment. One thing is employing, employment. Another thing is work. God never gave Adam employment. God never gave Adam a job. God gave Adam work. Now, what's the difference, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. The word work in Hebrew means to become. To become. Which has to do with who God intended you to be. That's why we have a lot of marriages whose husbands make a lot of money, got good jobs, horrible marriages. And they make mad money and they're not happy. Because what satisfies a man is not a job. What satisfies a man is work. So God says, before I give you a woman, I need to give you a place to live, a roof over your head, and you need to have a work. You need to become. Here's what's crazy. After God gives him work, he says, you can't do your work by yourself. Which is why now he's going to give him a helpmate. So that he can fulfill his work with his woman. So when she shows up with her high heels, he's like, yeah, there she go. She's going to help me become who I was created to become. The problem is we got women marrying men because they got jobs and they can pay your credit cards and pay your bills and pay your hair and pay your doobie. But you got to find a woman that when she looks at you, she sees what God has called you to become and says, whether we're broke, we're going to be who God said be. When I met my wife, I didn't have a job, but I had work. And we met. And I was like, babe, I ain't got no job. Yeah, I didn't have a job when I met her. I looked mad nice in my suits and ties. If you look at me, you look like I, have, I look like I had mad money. I was broke. <laughs> I had no job when I met my wife. But we had a conversation, and I told him my work. I said, this is what I was called to be. And I might not have a job now, but I know what God has called me to become. And when I told him about my work, she said, wow, I want to help you become that. And so when I look at here today, and I see what God is doing in this church, it's not because I had a job. I didn't have a job when God called me. I didn't have a degree when God called me. I didn't have none when I, all I knew was that God called me for a purpose. And I said, I got to look around and find a girl who looks good, smells good, but knows exactly where we're going to go together. And of all the girls out there, no, not you, not you, not you. This is the one. And together, we're going to work this thing called marriage, family, and ministry. Just going to keep falling. Not only did God give him a house, he gave him work. Why? Because a man's identity is never to be defined by his sexuality. A man's identity is defined by his work. Only animals are defined by their sexuality. Not humans. We're defined by our work. What defined Adam was the calling he had underneath himself, which was to rule like God, not his gender. 
And we have too many men receiving women that they're not prepared to receive. They're not, op- they're not prepared spiritually because they're not under God's covering. They're not prepared economically because they're not, listen, they're not, a, they're not prepared economically because they're not under God's standard. They're not prepared responsibly and emotionally because they're not under God's care and covering. But Adam is operating under the rule of God. And when God finds him ready and he's ripe, he says, okay, now let me hook him up with a chick. And in chapter 2, listen to me, there's another thing we see. Look what it says. Look what it says. Because not only did God give, listen, God did not give you your wife to rule over your wife. And all the single ladies said? All the single ladies, all the single ladies. God gave man a command. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, because the day you eat of the tree, you will surely What did God give Adam in this verse? He gave him a commandment. Why would God give him a commandment? Because it's not just a woman who has commands. Men have orders to men. Bear in mind, when God is speaking this to Adam, Adam is still single. So God is saying, you have to work under my command, my authority. Because I ain't going to give you a woman to be under you if you're not under me. It starts with me, Papa. Don't expect your woman to submit to you if you're not willing to submit to God. I'm the man of the house. This is what I say. Well, who are you following? Because I'm only obligated to follow you as long as you're following God. Don't expect me to follow you because you beat the table and punch your chest and show your 3.2 hairs that you got. No, no, no. You got, you got to be a man of God. The power of a man is submission. Now, so God made us to rule. He gave us a command. I'm almost done. And this is what he does. Don't, don't, don't play the piano. He gives him, look what God does with man. He gives him the power to name what God created. Who created everything that exists? But who named everything that exists? Man. Verse 19. Out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And Adam called each living creature That was his name. Adam named every, talk about authority. God said, I'm going to make everything and I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back and name it because I'm going to make a thing called man. And he's going to be just like me that I don't even have to name it. I'm going to wait on him because he's so much into me that whatever comes out of his mouth is what's coming out of my mind. He says, Adam named every living creature. Now, what does that mean in the times of the Bible? To name things means to exercise dominion over them. So whatever man said it was, God said, that's exactly what it's going to be. So God submitted to what Adam named because Adam was submitted to God's authority. Adam can name only what God had made. This is why Adam needed to be in a relationship with God. To know the purpose of the thing God created so that he can then in turn name what God wanted that thing to be. 
Now, now, how do I apply that as a husband? Next week, we'll talk about that. So God gave, God gave authority. But here's the deal. Every authority comes with instructions. Look at verse 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Notice how God gave Adam specific instructions in verse 17. God told Adam, don't eat of the tree. Why? Why? Here's why. Because the tree represents man getting knowledge outside of God. God says, I am your knowledge. Everything you need to be comes from me. So stay with me in a relationship. Stay connected with me. Be with me. Be with me. Be with me. He said, don't eat of that tree. It has knowledge, but that knowledge outside of me is distorted information. Any information, this tree represented information outside of God. And what's the, what's, what's the point here? Men, husbands, wives, don't do anything independently from God. Don't try to, well, I know how to do it because my father been married for 30 years and, and he ain't worked out for him. No, 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 no. In your marriage, in your home, you got to stick by the standard of the Bible and forget about what other people say. Focus on the word of the Lord. Moment you do that, you become a dead man walking because you'll be doing this independently from God. And God says, Without me, you can't do nothing. Not only that, then He gives them companionship. Verse 20 And God gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every living beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. You know what was Adam's problem? He didn't have help. Adam couldn't do it by himself. It was too much work for Adam. And God says, I need to give Adam a helpmate. For what? Help to do the purpose for which God created marriage. In the first place, which is to have dominion. The purpose of a woman... Listen to me, men. The purpose of a woman is not to be a human dishwasher, a cook, a cleaners, a slave in the house. That's not her purpose. That's her choice. The purpose of a woman is to help her man in his work. But if you don't know what's your work, how dare you demand your wife to submit to you when you don't know your work. You just focus on your job. Because your wife is not a helpmate in your job. Your wife is a helpmate in your work. That's why you have to be so connected to your God so that when she sees you, she sees God through you and says, okay, I'm going to help my husband in his thing." Our job is to help you become in charge. Your wife's job is to help you become in charge. Her job is to help you, not run you. Husband, if you're letting your wife run your home, your family is in such a disorder. Women are not called to run their homes. Oh, God. Please, baby, they're all going to leave. All the girls are leaving. You got to do a retreat quick. Women are not called to be in, in charge and ruling over their homes. Women, women's job is to establish the authority of God in the family by helping her husband become who God called him to be. And in doing so, that's the key of a woman. So male. Why is it that your wife is in control of your family? It may be probably, it may be probable that you don't know your work. And because you are not exercising your authority, then she takes over. 
and assumes a role that don't belong to her. It belongs to you. But because you don't know what your job, your work is, she says, all right, I'll be in charge. Because my job is to make something better. So I'll make me better. So I'm in charge. And I'll spend your money. And I, and I, but, when, but when you understand the structure, if she's not helping you, if you're never getting her input in your marriage, and you always want to do what you want to do. Listen, husbands, she's your helpmate. You, your job is to open yourself to hear what she has to say. Because, men, sometimes most of the mistakes we do is because we don't listen to our wives. If you're not the type of person that allows your wife to opinionate, if you're, if you're the type of person don't allow your wife to give her input, you are a frustrated husband. And you don't even know it. And you are a helpless man. Because no one can help you in your family other than your wife. Because she's your helpmate. And if she's not helping you, you are helpless. And if you're helpless, you're turning to society and to your friends and in the corner and here and what I should do. No, no, go to your wife. Verse 21, 25, God puts Adam to sleep. I got to paraphrase. And it's in verse 21 through 25, that now Adam is ready to get married and they have their wedding. Can you imagine Adam's wedding? See, when we do our weddings, we focus on, I got to bring Maria and I got to Pepito. Adam and his wedding, the invited guests were animals. We spend so much time. Hey, well, no, that's another that person. No, no, no. Shut up. And so now they get married. And notice, 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 notice. It was after the marriage. Chapter 3. After the marriage, Carla, was that the devil showed up. Because Satan was never after Adam. Satan was never after Eve. Satan was after man, the species. So he says, I'm going to wait till they get it all together. And I'm going to wait till Adam falls in love with his chick. And I'm going to wait till the, and once the family is established, then I'm going to slide in. And he creeps in the pages of history. Verse 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God has made. And look what he says. And he said to the woman. Is it there? Is it there? Look, 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 look at that. Look at that. It says, has God indeed said. You see that? You see that? Look. Let me move on. Look, 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 look. Look, look, look. Let's read up top. Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the few, which... The Lord God. Remember those seven verses we've read about the Lord God? The Lord God has made. But now when the devil is going to speak to the woman, he takes out the word Lord. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? Because the devil doesn't mind you having religion in your marriage as long as you don't have relationship with God in your marriage. So he'll, he'll make it sound religious. So that's why when you come to church and you're mess, it don't matter. I'm going to church. And you start feeling good about yourself because I'm in church and I'm doing the religious thing. And I'm going to remember the Padre here, Pelita Stanton, and his mandala. And we covenant and agree the tithing and act of obedience and expression. And you do the whole church thing. But the thing is, we're in our marriage in a crisis because we have religion, but we've taken our relationship. He shows up after the woman shows up. Shows up where they live. He showed up in their house. He didn't show up in the church. He didn't show up in the presence of God. He showed up in their house. Notice how the serpent bypasses the man and goes straight to the woman because the woman is a helper. Oh God, I preach another day. The serpent turns to the woman 
Look what he does. When the devil shows up in the marriage, the serpent made the woman. Come here. The serpent made the woman. See, it was, it was, this is how God dealt with man. Come here. Yeah, you look, you look like God. Yeah, you got that hair like God. All right. You got God. It's God. He made the species called man. We're man. Oh, she's still in my ribs. So get, get in my rib. <laughs> you can't see her yet. She's not there yet. But God made man. So, 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 but this man made man at the moment God made him is visible through Adam. But in Adam was Eve. But in the beginning, all God dealt with was with the part of man that was Adam. That's why, that's why Jesus is called the second Adam. Because when Jesus shows up, well, no, no, anyway, no. So God tells Adam, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and take control over it. And then Adam, God puts him to sleep and here comes out Eve. So now Adam has to convey to Eve everything God told Adam when he was by himself. So now Adam said, you know, Eve, look, Eve, look, look, this is our house, right? One, one, Eden Drive, this is where we live at, you know, you know, God did this and he did that, blah, 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 blah. But now we can't touch that tree, Eve, because if we touch the tree, we're going to die. So right now, I'm giving instructions, so I'm in control, I'm in authority. When the devil showed up, he bypassed the structure God establishes. And now God who spoke to me so that I can speak to her. When the devil comes, the devil don't come and speak to me. He goes and usurps the protocol and goes straight to her. And when she listened to the serpent, she got in front of man as far as authority and made God and made man second place. But God's order... God doesn't function with this order. Have you ever asked, but why the serpent, why if the serpent is talking to Eve, why doesn't God show up and take out a sword and cut the snake and, and do a shish kebab out of it? Because God says, I'm not going to get in that process because I told Adam, I work through you. But what happens is, when the serpent began to talk to the woman, the woman took the role of the man, and then the man took the role of the woman. And when God saw that, he said, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Uh-uh. Thank, thank you, guys. And, 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 and what was the result? What was the result? What was the result? The serpent turns the woman into the lead of the house. The serpent turned the woman into the decision maker of the home. Now the lady runs the show in the house. This is when all hell breaks loose in the house. She said, look, 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 you got to read the verse. She, she doesn't ask Adam, hey, Adam, take a bite of the tree. No, she commands Adam, eat of the tree. That was not her role. And when Adam listened to the command of his wife in disobedience to God, Adam ceased to be responsive to God. God ceased to be responsive to Adam. I ain't got nothing to do with you because you broke protocol. Now, God has a question for Adam. I'm done. God has a question for Adam. And the question he asked Adam was a rhetorical question. He says, Adam, where are you? God knew where Adam was. There was only one address in the garden. So it wasn't that Adam was lost. God, when God asked Adam, where are you? He's not talking to the, the he's talking to the job, the workman. Adam, where are you? Where are you? Why are you hiding in your role of authority? Why aren't you the man of the house? Adam, where are you? Next week. We're going to confront the element, the elephant in the living room. And we're going to start off where we end up today. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
the conversation, how the conversation must have gone after they got kicked out the garden. Can you imagine? Kicked out the garden. And nobody wants to say, I don't want to tell Eve, yo, we're in a mess because of you. And Eve don't say, yeah, but you didn't have to listen to me, you dummy, you stupid. There's an elephant in the room after they got kicked out the garden. And nobody's talking about it. And they're living life. Hiding the reality that there's a situation they need to fix. Because man is out of, man, man is distorted and man is out of place. And sometimes the best thing to do is fake it. Make believe there's not a problem. When you know, have you ever been in an elephant in the room situation? Where the food don't even taste right at the table because you know you just gotta let her have it, but you don't want to tell her. And it's just, it's just, it's just and, and you got everything, but you got nothing. So we need to confront that elephant in that room. The elephant in the living room. And so next week I want to encourage you to bring a friend. I want to encourage you to bring your spouse. I want to encourage you to bring your children. Even if they're married and left the house, bring them to church. Because we're going to address those big elephants in our houses. Those things that we fake and we hide and we ignore and we put it to the side like out of sight, out of mind. There's no such thing as out of sight, out of mind. We got to confront some issues.